no matter where we face, we must face the moment of truth, baby. Back for another episode of the Stereo Bros podcast, episode sixty, like the B sixty that went all across Brooklyn, um, and stopped at Philip Schuyler and in Brownsville, and in the Flossy, and in Williamsburg, and at Bridge Plaza, and in Bushwick. It's your boy P and L. Who else we got in the building? Greetings, greetings, greetings. It is Hat Chef Suit. Hi guys. What's up, guys? It's Jazzy. And Jazzy is recording while on the move, handling the business. She'll be in and out, but it's all good. We're going to make this work. And please stop asking me, has Shepsu was not locked up? She was literally <laughs> trying to multitask. Because people was like, yo, where has Shepsu at? Like, why she be in and out? I'm like, yo, she good. She chilling. We don't do this podcast. We don't do no skit bids. Right? We just be, <laughs> we got a lot going on. But we also have a deep bench. So LaRib can pop in from time to time for her bestie. It's all good. You know what I'm saying? Like, what's the problem? It's black women supporting black women, okay? Yeah, I say that. But then when the black women want to support y'all by telling y'all not to wear bonnets, the whole world is up in the air with an uproar. Like, shout out to Auntie Monique for saying what my conservative ass wanted to say for mad long. And mm-hmm. I I probably would have got excoriated for. I'm happy that she was able to say it and get away with it. But we got to talk about this Monique versus Bonnets and how that's had a profound impact on all of the scallywag, excuse me, on all of the people who feel like they should be able to wear Bonnets to brunch. So I like the Bonnets to brunch. You are dragging it. No one is wearing a Bonnet to brunch. Well, well, maybe to the car before they get out the car. To walk I into the restaurant. In the airport, after Monique made her comments, I counted three bonnets and a woman in a do rag, and <laughs> it was not cute. <laughs> and I stand with Monique. Okay, listen, I am also in full agreement with Monique. To be honest, um, a unanimous one. Please tell yeah. us. Please tell me why you why you agree. Well, I I think when she started talking about pride, just I mean myself personally, I just have I can I have a standard for myself, you know, and so that standard doesn't allow me to, uh, and it's not one decided like no one else designed this standard for me. I just believe that I, as a person of value, I shouldn't, you know, I should carry myself a certain way in certain spaces. Outside of it not being hygienic either, <laughs> you know, it's also just kind of like. Some things are for the home. Some things are for the streets. You know what I'm saying? And just respecting that everything has its place. Sure, it's my right to wear whatever the fuck I want whenever the fuck I want. So I feel people who are kind of just like, leave me alone. Everyone has a tip for me suddenly. You know, we're in a season of tips for Black women. However, I think that uh, Auntie Monique was was being just that, an auntie. You know what I'm saying? Saying you know, we should have a little bit more pride in ourselves and, you know, you know, care about how we're presenting 
um, to a degree and not for anyone else, but really for you, you know? And so I, I stand with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that message. I'm with Hatshepsut and Monique. You know, there's a lack of standards for people these days and we need standards. There's nothing wrong with having expectations or standards for one another because I just feel like, you know, yes, like you said, you have a right to wear something, but like if you don't respect yourself enough to want to make a good impression on anyone that you might see at the airport like I the air, like you don't you want to wear your bonnet on the train yeah. so I don't understand why people feel like it's time to go to sleep on the plane and it's appropriate like legging sure be comfortable right. I get it but like don't just respect yourself with a whole do-rag it was this lady and she it was like half tied I think it's like as like they're being dared like as to what is the worst thing I could wear to the airport to let y'all know I does this and I'm just you know this yeah. is just regular I'm rolling out of bed and going to a location like <laughs> I don't I don't understand why people are so upset with people having standards I remember when I was young and I used to go to church and my grandmother would be like where's your purse right. at 10 years old where is your purse right you know like this is how you are presenting yourself in this location there's nothing wrong with that right I do though I am sensitive to um because you know since Monique came out and said this you know, there's been a lot of conversation around the the, the topic um uh, I am sensitive to the women who feel like ah another tidbit first Ianla told us we was out of pocket case the, you know K Sam's is running around the streets give with with advice except for some women it's how much exhaustion. how much do you weigh dress size <laughs> for some <laughs> women it's just exhaustion and I can I can un, I can understand that as well however you know I, I think choose to see the love in this message I think Monique wasn't trying to do anything other than you know have the sisters look their best I don't think she meant she was trying to police anyone or anything like that I think she it's a solid question you know like since when did this become the, the thing you know especially because it's not very um esteeming like it's just not it ain't your Man, best you know I love a refresh hat chef suit plus jazzy on the road because y'all I feel like we're like unanimous for one of the few times because typically I have like a very conservative thought and y'all are like, oh man. Because we're bashing black women. Ha. <laughs> no, no, don't do that. Don't do that. That's not nice. Come on, man. Come on. I'm joking. I'm joking. Come on. But what I will say though is my thoughts kind of echo yours, right? Like the other day when I was riding my bike um, and I was going to the park, I saw several young women with oversized bonnets undersized shirts and flip-flops on and i'm like they looking as if they're like probably going to the store but i'm like ah, it's one thing if you go to the store real quick i can see you saying that you don't want to put makeup on and like to go to the store i get that but you should not be going to like a public location in your pajamas or anything else like that one from a hygiene perspective but like has said you know, you never know who you're going to encounter where. And I've seen. So if I see you in your pajamas with a bonnet on, I'm not really as bothered as, as if I see you looking like you're dressed to go somewhere with a bonnet on. And you're looking at me as if I'm supposed to like assign a certain 
modicum of respect to you. And I think that it's a generational thing because like my grandmother and my relatives came from the South and they they came, they were a generation removed from Jim Crow. They were a generation, actually not even removed. They came from Jim Crow South. So for them, you know, they were a few generations removed from slavery. So they took pride in their appearance. So my grandmother to this day, I walk in to her house. If my wife is with me, she pull out her gold silverware or goldware, right? Like her, her porcelain dinner plates. Like if she's going, even when I took her to IHOP, she put on like a dress and had her bag. Like they, like older generations of Caribbean and Southern black folk, they take pride in their appearance because that's who they were. Like people got dressed in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. People got dressed. This dressing their pajama shit really started with like Gen, Gen Z or Gen Weird, as I call it. And I think that the norms are being conflated. Should, the other day I posted about the gangstalicious outfits from Boondocks. And people was in my boondock, pause, people was in my inbox like, I don't see what's wrong. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you don't see what's wrong with this man wearing a gangstalicious man bag and some shorts with like a, it was basically like shorts with like an overall for a dress. And people was like, well, what's the issue here? And I said, first of all, to be clear, this has nothing to do with anything with the LGBT community. So park that immediately. My issue with this is that these are being passed off as clothes that young boys should be wearing in emulation of rappers. And then it turned into, well, rappers say worse things than this. And I'm like, yo, you're just missing the entire, the, the whole entire fucking point, right? But the point I make by bringing that in is that I think generationally, the new generation does not want to have any kind of norm to the point where I think people are taking so much pride in being fucking counterculture that they're becoming caricatures of themselves right yeah. like because the same way women should not be wearing fucking bonnets to places of business men should not be wearing do-rags and and their shorts shouldn't be down to their fucking knees either right i think as a people we take pride in the stupidest shit and the counterculture points like i don't say nobody name in my inbox because I'm not trying to, you know, offend anybody, but it's more so like I realize my norms are different. And I think when people's norms are different than mine and they don't have the same things on the line that I do, but they try to give me their opinion, I get mad annoyed. If you're not a parent, if you're not like in my in my same exact shoes, our norms are not going to align because it's easy to be idealistic when you don't got shit in the game. Right. It's easy to say boys should wear whatever when you don't have a son. Right. Like. If you're not raising a son, or you're not raising a daughter, you can't tell a parent how to feel about shit that deals with kids. Hmm. So, shout out to Sister Monique. She don't shave her legs, but it's all good. Oh and listen, to be clear, if you're going to a wedding or some shit like that and you got a bonnet on in the car, you a bridesmaid or whatever else, ain't nobody mad at that. But you cannot be going to like... like my two rules for wearing bonnets and do-rags, don't wear them shits to any place where you're conducting business. And two, dress for the respect level that you want. I'm not playing respectability politics, 
I'm just more so saying that um, you can't walk into a place of business with the wrong uniform on and expect a certain level of respect. That's just what it is, right? If you're wearing a suit transacting business, you're treated differently than if you're wearing sweats. Is that right? It depends on how you want to play it. But for me, how I view it is that if the uniform for business is a suit and I'm conducting business, I'm going to wear a suit. If the uniform for um, being a fuckboy is, you know, a Nike <laughs> tech suit yeah. and some Creed or Tom Ford, if I wanted to be a fuckboy, I would wear that, right? If you wanted to be, um, and it even goes even further, right? And I know this is going to be a hot take, but I feel like it, it's almost the same thing where it's like, what are you trying to attract, right? Like if a man got on some shit where he, like, a thousand chains, he's going to attract a certain kind of attention. If a woman has on, you know, very form fitting clothes, and I'm not saying like she can't wear jeans. I'm talking about like, you got like your cheeks hanging out of some, some, um, some Daisy Dukes, or you got like half a nipple showing. Like I'm talking about extra revealing, or you in a gram with your bed, not made up, but you're taking mirror selfies with fake deep captions in your drawers. What are you trying to attract? Like, what image of yourself do you want to put out? What do you want to be perceived as? That's what Monique is saying. It's like, yo, as our people, we got so much shit going on. Why the fuck do we not want to at least walk around with a certain modicum of, like, self-respect? Right. Right? Like, why do you think wearing a fucking bonnet to transact business is, like, cool? And why do these people feel like they got to make response videos and say, I can wear my bonnet wherever, and these, these are more rules? How about this? Let's say fuck it and keep having keep not having rules. And let's see where we are in 10 years when the handmade draft comes along. The handmade draft. <laughs> and they pick the bonnet ladies first. Let's see. Let's see how this plays out. Yeah. You know what? Because what I'm so glad that you mentioned that about um, you know, attract like what are you seeking to attract? And I would say that, like, well, not not. I don't really want to answer that. Um, what I really want to get across is that I still think people should not uh, base how how they're going to, who they're going to give respect to based off of whether or not they agree with their appearance. You know, that I think is a, there's a slippery slope there. Oh, no. You know what I mean? To clarify, I'm not saying that. All I'm okay. saying no, though but, is- But that's why I'm, I'm, that's why I'm kind of just making gotcha. sure that like- gotcha. No, 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 no. Yeah. not saying that. The only thing I'm saying though is that we have to, I'm not saying dress the part, like don't wear a suit mm-hmm. to the store, right? But it's more so saying like, where is the desire for our people to take pride in our appearance? And that's really like, and again, call me conservative. I'm not saying that women got to wear hijabs to the store, right? Yeah. But it's, but I, I do study a lot of Middle Eastern cultures and I think sometimes people invert reverence for rules or paternalism, right? And I think that a, a lot of cultures that value women don't necessarily want to subdue them or or um, keep them under thumb, but it's more so how they want to exert them is by telling them to do things like take more pride in your appearance. And I think this is something that can push the needle in that direction. So however people want to perceive that, the takeaway from my perspective is to take pride in your appearance and take the fucking bonnet off when you leave the house. (laughs) 
Yes, take pride in yourselves and do not wear the bonnets outside. Don't wear the sleepwear as activewear. Like it's just, they're not a part of the same category. They're giving two different things. And we want to make sure. Cringy. I literally cringed yeah. at the amount of people that were dressed like that. And it was like a group, because it'll be like a group. Yeah. It's not like, some would be separate, but generally like everybody got their body on. Right, right, right. In the group. Because. I don't know. Anyway, because <laughs> I mean, you know, like there's a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting things out there. You know what I'm saying? And I think it's very it's just also real. There's a group of people. The ones that are, I guess, more vocally upset are just people who are tired of having directives, you know, uh, their way. You know. That's and it. the other thing too, another hot take, but a lot of women are saying, "I can wear what I want." Yeah. They're probably not attracting high value men. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I had to. I had to. No, it's um, okay. I mean, that's that's that that phrase is in circulation now. There's nothing we could do about it. It's here. I know, but listen, I do value you know women's thoughts of being bullied and and told what to do. Yeah, because I think this also bleeds into uh, women's mental health. Yeah. And I want to give a huge shout out to Naomi Osaka um, for basically one thing I like about Gen Z is they say, yo, fuck this. I don't need this shit. Like yeah. walking away from the French Open as a top seed saying respectfully, I don't like press conferences. I've seen the press conferences and it's just be cringy, mm-hmm. not because of her, but because the press in these like tennis is still an overwhelmingly. um white sport and i feel like they don't know how to treat our athletes so mm-hmm. you know they ask a lot of dumbass questions so osaka i can see she's very uncomfortable in press conferences but the press conferences aren't good like they don't ask good questions and i feel like um anxiety is something that i used to like not really understand until i understood it <laughs> and i realized yeah. that it's one of those things where in the last five years, a lot of professional athletes, particularly of color, have started to say how important it is. So for her to be, you know, last year, I think she made a shit ton of money. For her to say, I'm, I'm going to walk away. They tried to find her and didn't realize, like, this is not going to go well. So they backed away from that. Shout out to her for taking a stance on mental health. And I kind of wanted to put it to the stereo bros to ask, you know, what are some things that you would say or advice you would give to our listeners who don't necessarily know how to broach the topic of anxiety, right? Because I still think there's a lot of people in our families, in our in our viewership and listenership that would say, oh, you know, my parents or whoever said, don't talk to them people or don't sit on nobody's couch or therapies for white people and all types of other shit like that. But I feel like you know, mental illness takes so many different forms. And when you're seeing people with millions struggling through it on a public platform, mm-hmm. it kind of makes you ask yourself, like, you know, one, I think for some it's vindication of, okay, I'm not alone. But two, it's also like, you know, how do I navigate this? Because I think a lot of people just don't know that they have a mental illness until they actually, you know, see somebody else going through it. Yeah. I think, you know, a lot of times in families or with friends, like you can see a change in behavior 
And I think sometimes we can be dismissive of like, oh, that's just like a one-off. But I think once we kind of corral around someone and encourage them to feel what they're feeling, it can be a lot better for everyone involved. Like, especially during the pandemic, I feel like mental illness has hit so many people that have probably never experienced or felt the feelings or thoughts that they have before this in isolation that a lot of people don't know what it is. It's just like, oh, I don't want to go out. I don't want to see anybody. Even though I can't go out, I can't see anybody. It's kind of like, well, is it because I don't want to? Or is it because I just can't? And I think now that everything is opening up, I think some people are really dealing with and recognizing like it was more than just a quarantine funk. Like I'm going through something. And I think, you know, things like this encourage people to deal with their thoughts around um, around these issues. And I think I would, I mean, I've seen her in press conferences. I wouldn't necessarily have known that. And I think sometimes we think, oh, this person is so strong and, you know, it couldn't be them and and stuff like that. So it's important for people to see um, strong, successful people have these issues. So it's like less taboo. Mm. Mm. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, um, like we're, we're, like you said, PNL, um, anxiety, depression, a lot of these things can look uh, very different, you know, have very different um, expressions and very different people. And, um, and it's kind of hard to pinpoint, you know what I mean? And from what I'm hearing from Naomi's particular, like her specific story, it seems like she was dealing with a lot of like, like maybe anticipatory anxiety because she hated those press, those press runs. But like this, how many of us wake up in the morning and we know the e- the work emails already flooded? You don't want to turn the phone on. You don't want to get out of bed. You're already experiencing dread for you know whatever is coming with the work day. You and Naomi are going through the very same thing. You know what I mean? Like it, her scale may be a lot different because she's a public figure and you know playing a professional sport. But you know. Uh, I would I would say that you know your your if you're experiencing the same thing you know you would have to take some some actionable steps you know on your on behalf of your own mental wellness as well and yeah the pandemic the pandemic has definitely applied pressure so you know personally it has been um, it has been it was I'm grateful that it was like kind of uh, I've kind of decided to pay more like prioritize my emotional wellness all throughout this, this pandemic. And sometimes that means that I'm, I can be a part of things. Sometimes it means I can't, you know, like, like it may make, it may lead to me looking kind of weird to some folk because (laughs) you're taking extra steps to make sure you're okay. But ultimately, you know, um, you have to do it. You know what I mean? You have to do it. If, if that's, if that's what's necessary and this is what Naomi is doing, she's looking strange to those French open folk, but for the rest of us who may have had an experience like hers, but at a different scale, you know, she's a, she's a hero for what she's doing. So I applaud her and I support her wholeheartedly as well. Amen to that. Amen to that. Um, this might be a good point to just pause and jump into a woke word. Butterfly. 
high in the sky I can go twice as high Take a look It's in a book Okay <laughs> So the woke word or whatever is actually remixed this week mm. Thought it'd be cool if we could just pay a little homage to some throwback words that we used to use, or we still use, maybe some iconic words that we use in New York vernacular. Word so, Word be. Right. And so this week, instead of woke words, today's segment is called Say Word. Oh. <laughs> oh. Slow clap for that. I love it. Oh. Say word. Okay. And today's say word, word of the day, is none other than dead ass. <laughs> you dead ass? Dead ass. That's dead ass the word. What does that mean? So dead ass is the equivalent to saying for real, I'm serious, or telling the truth. Oh, uh, can yeah. I use it in a sentence? Yeah, of course, please. Yo, son, she gave a mean dome. Hey, yo, you dead ass? That's terrible. I know. <laughs> you know, I looked on Urban Dictionary just to see like what they said. And this one, this one, um, I guess, subscriber, he uploaded a definition that says deadass is described as when a New York nigga is dead serious. <laughs> His sentence example was I deadass need some new Tims by a New York nigga. And it happened to be entered on my birthday. Wow. <laughs> that was excellent, Thank you, Steph, for that great say word. I no want to do words like web, you herb. Right. All that. Um, but speaking of New York, you know, the mayoral race last week, we talked about a couple of candidates. And this week there was the, the, the Democratic debate, but then it was also the Republican debate. So, Jazzy, I don't know if you want to tackle the Republican debate or the Democratic debate this week. Well, we, we can briefly speak about both because I'm sure there's going to be more Democratic debates anyway. Um, nah, nah, we got to pick, B. We got to pick. We got to pick. We got to pick? Because uh, I feel like, if, actually, you know what? We can talk about both. And then this week, we're not going to eliminate any candidates. All right. right. All right. right. Bet. So <laughs> I will start with the Republican debate because honestly, it was refreshing. It was refreshing to have them not pandering, not trying to say the right thing. They like Fernando Mateo said he's a Trump Republican, which in New York is a weird construct in the city. But OK, bro, <laughs> um, for those that don't know, Fernando Mateo has been around New York politics for years He's been head of the Taxi and Limousine Commission. He's been head of the Bodega Commission. He's one of the former co-founders of La Marina. And he's running as a Republican. He's made a lot of money. He's been, you know, pretty successful as a business person. He's influential in politics. And his platform is somewhat conservative. I think he has some decent ideas. I don't know how he's going to fund them. Curtis Silva is the guardian angel dude um, that you can tell is mad that he's a little... Um, I don't want to say broke because I don't know his pockets, but he seems like the kind of guy that hates rich people. And he also had some decent ideas, but then he also said things like we need more gifted and talented programs and we need to lift the cap on charters. 
to which Larib pointed out that if you lift the cap on charter schools, you're going to raise the student to teacher ratio in classrooms and diminish the experience. So I think both of the guys had decent ideas at times, but no way to actually make them come to fruition. And they also said some off the wall shit, which makes you understand why they were running on the Republican ticket with the intention of being independent. That was the Republican debate. The Democratic debate was Eric Adams, Morales, Stringer, McGuire, all these people who you can tell were clearly pandering and they pandering or on mode. Like they were reading from a script almost. And it sounded like Andrew Yang in, in particular, you can tell that these people, him, I think him and Ray McGuire, in my mind, show the least amount of understanding of what it means to be a New Yorker in 2021. And I think Morales showed the best progressive platform, but her campaign fell apart. So it was just like, okay, you're talking good, but are you beating people in the back? So that was my take on it. Like, I enjoyed both. It changed my rankings, but I'll let Jazzy chime in as well. I, I would agree with you. I think Diane Morales, I don't just say she's not polished enough, but she doesn't come off as like a leader. Like good ideas, but not a leader. And I think that we need a leader at this moment. And clearly, you know, her her staff performing mutiny, I think like one of like the high ranking campaign staffers left to go uh, for Maya Wiley's position. Yes. And, and, you know, and I think there were some other claims of um, people trying to unionize and her being against it, which is kind of, you know, counterproductive to your progressive platform. Unions suck. <laughs> um, my boy came off pretty well. Scott this? Scott oh. Stringer. Um, you know, he may not have the um, height, charisma of <laughs> some of the other candidates. But he's got the values and the ideas. Um, I really love Maya Wiley getting in everybody's ass and making sure, you know, sis, you know, get got her timing. <laughs> yeah. And like, she made sure we knew what she was about. And who else was impressive? Yeah, that's about it. Morales. I thought Catherine, Catherine Garcia told us five times that the New York Times and the New York Daily News had endorsed her. <laughs> Who was the random white? <laughs> Who was he? <laughs> I'm like, Sean something. I'm like, bro, like. Sean Donovan. He's yeah. Obama, Obama's homeless, homeless commission guy. Or I don't know what, what position he held in the Obama camp. But it's not going to cut it here. I saw that and said, yo, put this corn back on the cob. Like, who is this? <laughs> Who's lacrosse playing uncle is this? Like. Pack them up. Yeah, I didn't think Catherine Garcia, I didn't, she did not do anything for me. I, you know, I would like them to speak a lot more on education in the future. I think they've beat the criminal justice, you know, drum to death. I'm tired of hearing their stances. We know all their stances on it. I think it's time to move on to other topics that affect the city, like the subway or infrastructure or technology or like what, you know, what real things they plan to implement. But it's still Scott Stringer, 
Maya Wiley, in between Catherine and um, and Diana Morales, I guess for me. Yo, it's, it's tough because I I agree with parts of Morales, Wiley, and Silva and Mateo because on the conservative side, I want to keep the gifted and talented test. Sorry, but not sorry. I want to increase the gifted and talented program. Sorry, but not sorry. But like he it was real. He said, you know, the gifted and talented programs, my kids didn't get into it. And I was upset at first because so many Asian kids did. But then I realized I can't get mad at them for coming here and working hard. I got to work harder and I can't penalize somebody for using the system and for fulfilling their version of the American dream. And that's real. I feel like, you know, you need to you need to increase more gifted and talented programs like everybody's not great in school. But that doesn't mean you you lower the bar and get rid of valedictorians. That means that those who aren't great at excelling in that environment do other things, right? And I think that, and it's no disrespect to nobody that didn't go to Brooklyn Tech, because shout out to Barton. Please. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> shout out to Morrow, Midwood. Okay. Shout out to, you know, the assorted other schools, you know. But I feel like we got to be realistic. And, and even people that went to, like, Prospect Heights and boys and girls and graduated in two and a half years because it was beasting with a 99 the entire time. Yeah. Like education is one of those things where I feel like people got to stop with this. What was me shit? When it comes to education, maybe I'm one of those guys that just like, well, if I did it, so can you, but I also feel like the platform I want is somebody that's educationally focused in terms of everybody should be able to have access to quality education. Mm-hmm. Second, from a social perspective, what I loved was when I, I want to say it was Morales, but she was like, y'all keep talking about homeless people as if they're like a thing and they're not like people, homeless people aren't, first of all, people experience homelessness, but homeless people are not objects. And then mm-hmm. from what I understand, the most people experiencing homelessness are women and children. Mm-hmm. So people got to stop treating um, people experiencing homelessness as if there's some kind of like object. When you personalize it, you understand that it's a social issue, right? And then with the cops, everybody that said we need more cops, they are the ones that are going to bring this back to the the Bloomberg years of Bloomberg. His first term was just like, Timothy Stansberry, I stand with your family. And then he got slapped on the wrist and said more cops, Right. (laughs) right? So I feel like we need to balance that. And Eric Adams, I'm disappointed because that was the big homie, the big homies, but he looking like the law and order guy that's basically going to get in and turn this shit into like, well, we need more cops and we need more cops now. And everybody else is going to just have to feel their wrath. We need to basically get to a point where education is accessible to all housing, which is something I didn't hear too much about. It shouldn't be that they're building 10,000 affordable units. You need to get these developers the fuck up out of here. And you need to actually say the living wage is this and restore the middle class. And at the same time, which I agree with the Republicans on, you can't chase away the rich, right? You need like this city at one point had a spot for everybody, right? A middle-class person of color could buy a house, but a rich person could buy one too. And a poor person could just, you know, (laughs) use the system. But at, the point there was that everybody had a, a slot. Now it was either you got it or you don't. There's no middle anymore. Mm-hmm. And nobody's saying how they're going to fix that. And Morales has probably the best platform 
but she ain't got no bread and no team. <laughs> no bread, no team. Andrew Yang answering the question about homelessness and immediately talking about the police. This is very scary to me that he yeah, is ahead in the polls. And if these people elect Andrew Yang, I'm leaving. I'm going to Schenectady or wherever the hell he's from, and I'm going to run for mayor. But that's what he said the homeless. You're forgetting Bloomberg sent them up there. Like, they're finally admitting it now, but he packed mad people up, sent them upstate <laughs> for 12 years. Sick. That shit is nuts. I'm very happy to hear. Well, so I don't, I didn't watch the debates. I think you guys know my temperament about that stuff already, but, mm-hmm. but I do stay aware of who the candidates are, so I'm familiar um, and I'm happy that we made the connection early between how ready people are, are all of these candidates, particularly on the Republican side too, which is very uh, gung-ho on the whole uh, crime, you know, thing. Like, I feel like, I'm just like, that's nuts. Pe- crime is going, went up in 2020 for a reason, for a lot of reasons that aren't connected to just people just wanting to be vandals. It's the drill or- music. Right. It's, it just, it just, <laughs> you know, and, and both of them seem very, Mateo, Mate, honorable mention that Mateo is actually uh, social media famous. He was actually giving a, a speech when that guy interrupted and was like, what y'all doing over here? You remember that meme? I remember that, yeah. <laughs> he was like, we never see you around here. Don't come over here. What is this, the propaganda video? <laughs> yeah, but that dude clearly was somebody that's unengaged civically. He just happened to be walking by. For sure, but that doesn't mean that his, that what his perspective isn't valuable. You know what I mean? Like for some, when I for me as somebody that's been in community development, your assets very rarely are the people who are running nonprofits in the neighborhood. They are assets too, but your real movers and shakers are like the guy that sells the telephone chargers on the corner, or like the guy that sweeps the streets. Those people are assets. If I was running, those people wouldn't be on the streets. They'd be in a work camp. Okay. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> But but I loved I loved um, morality that like that humanistic approach to homelessness that you guys uh, mentioned with Morales um, that does bring me a lot of joy because the 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 mo- they are the most vulnerable and I feel like we can tell a lot about the may- the next mayor based on how they te- they treat the lesser of us right lesser exactly. quote unquote and so it's kind of like how do how you treat and set up the world's I mean, the city for the most vulnerable, I think, will kind of like give us a heads up. Because I don't want to hear about crime. New York City been dangerous since day it's eight one. Million, it's four, what, eight million people? Four million? It's, it's millions. Yeah, like, it's like it's like it's been dangerous, and not for nothing. The Guardian Angels is cute, but if we're taking a look at your history too, the things they that get beat up too. <laughs> they get yeah, beat up like, <laughs> badly. Yeah, cut, cut it out please. by the beret. They get beat up by the beret. That might actually be the the title for this episode: "Beat Up by the Beret." But Nah, like, Jazzy would tell you, like, I'm the kind of person, I'll be in a whole suit, I'll sit down with a homeless person and have dinner on the street. I've done that before. Jazzy was with me. Yes, we've been late for the train so that he could yes. sit in. I saw a dude, we was coming from, like, some kind of happy hour somewhere, dressed like we coming from Bamboo work. Bamboo 52, R.I.P. to my 20. Oh, Bamboo 52 was the shit. Yo, so we was coming from there, and I seen the dude, he was like, hey, man, hey, businessman you got some money man and i was just like yo what you want you hungry he was like yeah man i'm like what you want he's like what you mean never mind man never mind i said nah nah if you hungry i'll buy you a sandwich no pork right. though and he was just like 
you ain't gonna buy it. Man. I said, yeah, listen, what do you want to eat, man? It's a subway right around the corner. What you want? Right, what you want? He was like, all right, turkey and cheese with a Sprite. He said some shit like that. So I did as went there and, and Jazzy was like, wait, are you, are you serious? Like, we got shit to do. And I'm like, nah, 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 nah. I need this for me. Um, so I went to the I went to the subway, got him a sandwich. I got him some chips too, because you gotta have the chips, you right know, the lays that. like the reduced fat joints. Stood on the line, brought him a sandwich, and then he I'm walking down the block. He's like, Yo, wait, you really bought me the sandwich? I said, Yeah, and I sat down with him in my in my suit. I said, Yo, what you doing out here? And then it was like groups of toughs walking by, like, nah, nah, nah. Yo, that's real, son. That's real, son. You dead ass sitting there with him like that, son. Nah, yo, a fish. Yo, that's real. Yo, son, yo. Yo, son, yo. Yo, yo, that's real. Yo, 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 yo. But for me, <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. Like, people were just, like, baffled. But for me, um, I joke a lot about shit like that. But the humanity in me, I never want to see anybody downtrodden, like, on like for me, it's something about seeing people vulnerable that fucks with me, right? So yeah. if I got six dollars to buy you a sandwich, and or even if I'm leaving restaurants, oftentimes I'll give somebody my leftovers and they'll be like, oh shit, word. Like for me, and I don't put that shit on the gram. I do the shit a lot, but I don't post it and talk about it that much because I don't do it for the adulation and the accolades. I think it's corny shit to post, like, look at me feeding a homeless. I'm I'm giving somebody experiencing homelessness a sandwich. Look at me. I that shit is that. corny. I hate it. Do people people are actually doing that shit? No, all the time on Instagram. All the time. And you would and think that they would have the decency, maybe blur out the person's face. Even if you really want to show this interaction for your purposes, why not blur the person's face out? Why this could be like you said, people experience bouts of homelessness. This is not their identity as a homeless person that needs money or food. Right. You know, this is a, a, a particular state, you know, that they're currently in. Yeah, exactly. And the reason why I bring that up is because the issue, yes, I am doing well for myself, but I care about the homeless population because I feel like you cannot be a New Yorker. First of all, even Listen, if I work in Midtown or anywhere else, I'm going to feel the effects of homelessness on the train, uh-huh. right? And at the same time, I feel like we can't be in a city of all of this wealth and prosperity and people with jobs are experiencing homelessness, right? Like everybody that's experiencing homelessness isn't like lazy. Yeah. People be having mental issues. People be having substance abuse issues. But more, more often than not, people got whole jobs and can't afford rent, Yep. You got to be well, honest about that. Away from um, abusive relationships. Yo, this it, it's so nuanced. And when I talk to people that are homeless, or excuse me, that are experiencing homelessness, more often than not, it's like I had a bad day at work or, you know, my baby moms or like you said, abuse. Because I've, I've, I've had, yo, so why are you here? And they're like, man, let me tell you what happened, yo. Like, and then I tell them, like, yo, listen, take this bread. And I, I've also said, is it somebody that you want to call? Mm-hmm. Here's my phone. Like, if, mm-hmm. if you want to call somebody, call them right now. So people, because if you got family, they're probably worried about you. Mm-hmm. And be like, yo, you don't know how much this means to me, but it means something to me too. It does something for my spirit to know that I can 
do that. Right. Because I'm a service guy, right? Like I get off on pause, not get off. I <laughs> that I sounded it. A, I get it. That sounded a little like erotic. A little nuts. <laughs> yeah. I feel fulfilled by service. Right. Right. So when I can do something for somebody else, and again, I don't post this shit. But anybody that knows me in real life knows that I'm a dot connector. I'll help people get jobs. I'll give out scholarships. I'll whatever I can of service I'll do. Right. And I think that I want to see that in my next mayor, because honestly, you know, the last mayor that I felt cared like that was Dinkins. Mm. And we didn't really feel the effects of his time until um, Baldy. I mean, Rudy came in and got credit for most of his stuff yeah so um that's my take on the mayoral race we got to see how this shakes out right now we're not gonna 86 nobody but on the democratic side it's looking spicy i think mateo probably gonna edge out silver but we got to see how that thing there go but yeah we gotta see how that thing go but my my words of wisdom for this week is listen i love everybody but i also realize i'm not that social so when I like when I post on the gram, don't jump in my inbox asking me questions about what I'm posting and challenging my views or ideals because I'm right. Right? Like my norms are my norms, and like it is what it is. Like, listen, I'm I'm not debating you, I'm not explaining myself respectfully though. Like, this is not this is not shots at nobody. I'm not trying to be an a-hole, but I'm not debating nobody, I'm not explaining myself. Like, I'm right. So when I post something, don't react. Just understand that I'm right. Lovingly and respectfully, though, like, I mean this as respectful as possible because I don't want Rip to hear this and say that I'm, I'm wowing. Like, <laughs> I mean this respectfully. <laughs> well, those are the wisest words. Thank uh, you. Thank you. I could actually use an extra moment. Jazzy, do you have words for the week? Oh, sorry. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I had some more time. Um, <laughs> this week is oh, it's Caribbean American Heritage Month, guys. Oh, brother! And I've enjoyed people posting about you know greats that have um, heritage in all the islands, like like Langston. Oh, no, no, Sencia Spice. No, um, you know, like like Harry Belafonte, W Magnum. You know, all these people that we did not know had Caribbean heritage. It's like my favorite thing. Data Kingdom. I yes, we appreciate those Jamaican artists that don't live in America. But <laughs> meanie, <laughs> you're being mean. I'm not being mean. I want to appreciate. You know, you know, especially growing up as a Caribbean American. Sometimes I felt like I wasn't Caribbean enough. You know, as I have parents from different um, parts of the Caribbean, I'm like, oh, I'm not a full, you know, Grenadian. I'm not a full Guyanese person. But I recognize that, you know, my upbringing and the values and customs and things that were poured into me from those cultures are what make me, you know, a productive American citizen today. So shout out to all the Caribbean Americans. We are enough. We are the Caribbean here. Okay. Okay. Period. Jazzy. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think very like uh, simply for me, the words this week are 
Whatever you think it is, it isn't. And whatever you think it isn't, it might be. <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's just that on that. Uh, nothing is new under the sun. So um, I just, I guess if I'm saying that from a very playful place. I think, um, uh, like you said, it, the outside's opening up again. You know, some of us are realizing that, you know, there's a little bit more to our moods and things of that nature. So in that same light of trying to keep it playful, uh, I guess the real message is to just kind of keep it playful. Uh, Bump it on your forehead. I mean, hey, beep beep. That might oh, work. Here we go. Here we go. That might work. That Wise might work. words. Wise words. Wise but no words. beep beep on the no bump on the forehead with a bonnet on. Listen, fellas, if if a woman got a bonnet on, she cannot put a bump on your forehead at all. <laughs> None of that. What do you mean? The way, when you got the bonnet, that's when you know it's Okay, to go Jazzy, wild. tell him, please. <laughs> what is he talking about? It's about to go yeah. down. Okay, period. Oh, dangerous. This is dangerous. But listen, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's episode 60. We, we appreciate y'all listening, subscribing, etc. www.stereobros.com is still a website. I still got that merch going. Holler at us. Make sure that you are subscribed over and out. No matter where we face, we must face the moment of truth, baby.